have snow and mistletoe. Let's give our kids and our dancers a hand. Amen. I'll be home for Christmas. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I just love that song. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny during this time of the year, we, um, we have this thing that goes off in us that we want to be home at Christmas time. I mean, we, we'll walk there, we'll drive there, we'll, you know, get on a jet ski, whatever, you know, to get to our home. And, uh, and that's what it is a lot of times around us, and um, we need to do that. And uh, I think that's something about home that's very important, you know. I, you know, but we, we look over, you know. There's some some people like even uh, during Jesus' time, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph, they they weren't at home at Christmas time. They were on the road uh, going uh, to another place. In fact, Luke chapter two verse four says Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And so he was in, he was, he had left his home to go back and uh, for, because of a census. You know, the shepherds weren't home during that time. They were pulling an all-nighter, sipping an espresso and watching their flocks and, you know, and they were, they weren't at home. And in verse 8 of chapter 2 of Luke, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The wise men were at home. You know, they weren't, they were on a, a journey. They had taken this incredible road trip from the east, far east. You know, because they were following a star looking for the Christ child. And in a real way, uh, Jesus himself, he, he was not at home. He had left the glory and the splendor of heaven to be born in a manger in a, just an ordinary piece of furniture. He left his home to die a sacrificial death for all people. In fact, when he was on this earth, he, he didn't have a home. Throughout his ministry, he identified himself like a homeless wanderer, you know, just ministering to city, to city, to city. And uh, the reason was to provide a home to us. And uh, John six fifty one says, I, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. He goes on, which I will give for the life of the world. You know, uh, when I use the word home, I mean, probably a lot of us have different thoughts about that. And, and I've been kind of pondering, what is home? Um, what is home? What does that mean to you? It means to me, I'm, I, I always think of a place. You know, home is a place to me. I mean, I'm, I, I think about some of my childhood times. I thought about when I lived in a place called Winnebo, North Carolina. Anybody been to Winnebo, North Carolina? Yeah, you probably just rank right there. Did you been you been to Winnebo? It's pretty much it's a small place. It has when back then in the eighties when I lived there early eighties it was um, it had a uh, had one post office and and a gas station I think it was right next to it or close to it. You remember that? Yeah, and uh, there was nothing much in Winnebo, but it's just a really out farming community. And uh, my dad had bought some land out there because he thought the end of the world was going to happen by nineteen eighty four, and it didn't happen there, but. Um, but I remember some of the times there. I remember all the food and everything. My mom, she, she cooked. She used to love to cook then. She doesn't love to cook now at all. And I just remember all the smells because, you know, her, it was always blackened food. She loved blackened food called burnt. And um, <laughs> burnt toast, you know. And, uh, but it all turned out pretty good. And now home to us is a place, it's Kansas City. I mean, we've lived here since 1993. And uh, love it here. It's, it's, our, it's our home. And we started to do traditions. And Lisa loves to decorate the house. I would say that again. Lisa loves 
to decorate the house. I don't like it at all. In fact, I found this picture that really reflects my personality on it. Is uh, the house right there. And that would be my house right there. That's what I would do. I mean, how many, we're only a couple of weeks from Christmas, and she still wants to go out and decorate more of the house. And she loves it. And uh, I'm glad I just can't get on the ladder anymore. Anyway, <laughs> it's all about a place, you know, to me. And, and now it's, it's also all about people. I, I think of the word, when I think of the word home, I think about family. I think about people. And a lot of, probably a lot of you think about your family and, and being with them and hanging out with them. And, and some of you may say, I, I have a hard time thinking about my family because you might come from a dysfunctional family. And that's why I really thank God for the, the family of God that we have here together. You know, I, I, I just love people. Since we, Lisa and I, we have no relatives in this area. Our relatives are either in Dallas or Alabama or now Florida. Um, we, we, we just love the family of God that we have here. In fact, this Christmas, like we do a lot of Christmases, we invite people who don't have family in this area and they come over and, and become part of our family together on Christmas Day and eat with us and hang out with us. And hopefully, if you know, you know who you are, bring presents for me. Anyway, um, but home is about people. It's about family. And the third one is home is, reminds me of protection that uh, we're protected. I think of safety, sanctuary. You know, and, and uh, it's a place of security. It's a place, you know, to let your hair down, to be yourself. Amen? Men understand that. They're themselves. And, you know, they, uh, they go down there. They don't have to act. They don't have to do anything else. They unbutton their button after they eat and sit in the recliner and watch football. Amen? Yeah. Come on. It's a physical structure sometimes, too. But some of here, you might have this sense of being incomplete in your own life. I mean, you don't feel this safety, this protection in your own life. You may not feel this family. You may not feel uh, that you, you have a place. And some of us here maybe feel empty, feel lonely. So you may have a physical structure that's a home, but you're not home spiritually. You might have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but there's some areas in your life that you don't feel that place, that love, that hope, that joy, that peace, that family. And maybe you're in here today, you you don't even know the Lord, and you definitely don't feel that. Back in 1983, when we lived in Winnebow, North Carolina, we were going to church in uh, another town called Wilmington, a lot larger town. And uh, that's where I gave my life to the Lord at. And uh, I uh, just, uh, from that time forward, had, had something that I've, I've loved. I, I knew I had a place in the Lord. I was home before that, but not really home. And I realized that God's whole goal for me is create a home, to give me a home, give me a place, give me a family, give me protection, give me security. And every day I need to recognize that in my life and open the door and allow him to have his home in us. Jesus' whole mission on this earth was to, for living, and even his death was to prepare a home for you and I. In John 14, 2, he says this, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it was not so, I would not have said so. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me 
that you may be where I am, am also. And that's, and that's the heart of God. He's, he's, he's gone to, to prepare a home for us. But it also says, as you know, when we give our life to the Lord, there's something even more. It's not just there. It's actually even here. And in John 15, 4, he says, abide in me. That word abide means to live in. He says, I want you to live in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather and throw them in a fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. You know, some here you have this void in your life, and maybe you haven't made Christ your full Lord. Or maybe you've done that, but there's some areas in your life that you have hidden from the Lord, or you haven't given Him fully. And you're still trying to figure it out in your own power and your own understanding, and it's just not working. And you don't feel that love and that protection in that place for Him. John 14, 23 says, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he'll obey, me, obey my, my teaching. My Father will love him and love this. And will come to him and make our home with him. If we abide, we live in him. He makes, his, his, he makes in our heart his home. And when that happens, there's three things that happen. And I love this. And we have to understand what's happening when we receive Christ. When we make him the full Lord of our life, because number one, when you do that and you abide in him, you live in him, you, your citizenship completely changes. Paul says this in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, he says, my citizenship has changed. I, I'm no longer of this earth. I'm, a, I'm more spiritual than physical. I'm, I'm part of heaven. I, my home is in heaven now. You have a home in heaven and, and a new address, a, a new sense of living and understanding that you haven't had before. And to accept that and to live like that, there's something so important. That means when heaven is your home, when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, and of every part of your life, you learn how to live differently because you live as a, citizens of he- a citizen of heaven, not a citizen of this earth. So when things are going bad around you, you react differently now because you don't react as someone here. You act as someone who has a different perspective, a different understanding, a different authority, and a different power. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a son and child of God. So that's why Jesus modeled prayer. Thou, when, he, when he spoke this out, who, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, where? In heaven. So now earth and what happens on this earth can't disappoint you as much as it used to because you have a different outlook. You know, in the church calendar, and if you uh, follow church calendar, we're in Advent right now, and, and Advent means in Latin, coming. And there's three meanings to that word coming that the church has. And, and the first meaning is, is that Jesus has come. You know, he was born, he came to earth. He came to earth. And that's what kind of we celebrate at Christmas time, his birth. We, he came to earth. And that's what the first 
coming means. Jesus came. And that means he's knocking at our door. Right now, saying, open it up. Let me come in and make my home in you. The second thing is that Jesus uh, is here now. He's here right now. And that's what we really are talking about today, that abide in me. And I in you. Live in me and I in you. God is here now in the form of Jesus. He's here to do something great in our lives. And that's the hope that we have. That's why we can sing, it is well with my soul and mean it. Not because things are going right, because he is here now. And he's creating that home in our heart. And that third one is that Jesus is coming. This is our hope. He is coming back. And he is returning, not as a baby anymore, but as a king and as a judge. He's coming back. Amen? Hebrews eleven thirteen says the people of faith are like this. They're aliens and strangers on this earth. We are. We are now citizens of heaven. And that makes the whole dynamic of everything else change. I don't respond like I used to respond anymore because I'm a citizen of heaven. So when I make, allow him to abide in me and I in him, my citizenship changes. Second thing is your relationship changes. When you make heaven your home, you have a new family. God never wanted this. He never wanted to be your religion. He wanted to be your father. It's not about religion. It's about him being your father. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. Jesus wants to be your friend. He says, I haven't called you slaves or servants, but friends. See, it's, it's about a relationship. And all of heaven hinges on this. It's not about the do's and the don'ts. It's about loving the Father with all your heart. Knowing Him. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus gives us a warning in verse 22. He says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not uh, drive out demons in your name, perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you it's about knowing the lord and that's that's what opened the door when he came in and he says i want to abide in you and you and me i i want to know you because you're no longer who you are you've been bought with a price right no longer i that live but christ lives in me and so i get to know him and i can come to him as a citizen of heaven it's opened up. You come into the throne room of God. The veil's been ripped in two. I can come into the throne room of God and hang out with God. I don't have to worry about, am I good enough? Am I doing the right things? I go there now, and I do that because I'm welcomed. My mom and dad are, are very relational. I mean, they're just very relational. They love relationships, and, and uh, they love hanging out with people, and they love, love, love having people over and stuff. That's always been my mom and dad. And, and I, I remember, you know, my, my, fa- my, my friends would come over to my family, my house, and come in, and, and they, they'd go get a Coke or whatever. Other fr- they didn't ask. They, did, they just knew they were welcome to. My mom and dad would almost get offended if you had to ask them for anything. You just go. What's ours is what was theirs is theirs. I mean, it's just they just shared everything and and plus they didn't want to get off the couch and go get you anything to drink <laughs> and so i'm i i go to i go to college in, in tulsa oklahoma and and that's in north carolina and they had moved to wilmington then and i give my mom and dad a phone call right before christmas i'm about ready to leave and go home for christmas i give him a, f- a phone call and one of my friends answers the phone 
at my house. I said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just having lunch with your mom and dad. And I said, what are you doing there? And I said, I'm supposed to have lunch with my mom and dad. You're not. And they, that's who they are. They're just so welcoming. And then I asked them, did they give you a present? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that's my mom and dad. They love to give. The comfort of home, you know. It's the same thing that Jesus gave us. Is that we're welcomed. Now, don't get me wrong. God is king and he is to be reverend, reverence, to have reverence for him and his spirit. But he also wants you to get on his lap and hang out with him. We have a new relationship. A new understanding that I can go in there because I'm a citizen. I am I'm not only... Um, I have the authority to go in. But he asked me to come. And to hang out with him. You know, I have um, three kids. 19-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 6-year-old. There's so many different stages. And some of you already have kids. You already know that's growing up and everything. But my 6-year-old wants to hang out with me. All the time. Wants to be in my lap. I love that. I mean, as a dad, I love that. My, my 11-year-old son, not as much as he used to. Unless he needs something. But my 19-year-old is going to India at Christmas time. She doesn't want to be around me at all. <laughs> it's not that bad. But they, you know how it is when they grow up. See, a dad... Wants you to be with you. I, I have to grab my son and hold him tight. And love on him. My daughter, you know, my, still my 19-year-old, so affectionate. She does like that too. But that's how God wants you and I to be. You have a relationship with him. And he's making a home inside of you. That's the great thing about God. Because he's not up there, he's in here. He is making his home. He has gotten his recliner. He built a fireplace. And he's drinking, drinking coffee and eating cookies in your home, in your life. He has put up residence in there. And he has a chair for you to hang out with him. I, I, that's my picture of home. I mean, it really is. In, in front of a fireplace with, with my recliner and, and me having a cup of coffee and my wife in the apron making me cookies. And I mean, that's my picture. <laughs> You did make cookies the other day. <laughs> he wants that relationship. See, I'm, what I'm trying to get is that's the home he wants us to have. If you think heaven is not, heaven is going to be like that. It's going to be very relational, very loving, and God wanting to play with you and hang out with you. And number three, your security will change. He understands your loneliness, how empty you are at times when you feel like no one else is there. And he wants to bring safety and security to your life. Hebrews 13, 5 says, God said this, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if we really believe that. God said this. 
Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's security. That's love, and I can trust that. No matter what, he is there. No matter what anybody else says, he is there. And he loves you. You have a citizenship change. You have a relationship change. And your securities change. And now you can have peace. So what do I do now? Revelation 3.20 says this. This is Jesus. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, look at what he says. He didn't say, I will tell them what to do. He doesn't say, I will do this and this. This is what he said. I will come in and eat with him and he with me. <laughs> I just love that. When I open the door, I control the door to my life. He'll come in and eat with him and he with me. You know, eating back then, they, they didn't have, I would go to the movies, you know, I would go, to, they didn't have that kind of stuff back then. It was, this was the relational part of their life. They didn't have a lot of food, but when they had a feast, they had a feast and they had a relationship. That's what he wants to do in every part of your life. So let me talk to you who are believers in here. Because there's times in your life that you've given your life to the Lord, but not maybe completely I mean, it's a process, you understand? I'm not putting you down. It is a process of releasing control. So maybe you're there and you have these problems in your life. Remember, you're, not, you're a citizen of heaven, so you're going to respond differently. You have new relationships. You're part of the family of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of the king. You have security. So the thing about it is, I go through the problems in my life, and a lot of times I don't recognize the home that he's placed inside of me. And so I start responding the way I used to before I was saved. I start going after things I used to before I was saved. I don't rely in his presence and what he's done. And he's, he's knocking right now during your problems. And he's saying, I'm here. Let me in. You got things crumbling all around you. He's just knocking. I want to I want to provide. I want to help. I came here. This is my job. This is my heart. This is my life. He's knocking on your door saying, "Come in." You're worrying right now about what things are going on around you and he's knocking. Come on, open up the door. Come on, let me in. I mean, he's banging, and you're still worrying and still thinking, no, I can't, I don't know what's going to go on. And he's banging at the heart of your door. Sam, you don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to worry. I've got this. He's knocking. You're in need. You can't pay the bills. But he said, listen to me. Let me provide for you. Let me give you instructions. But you've got to open the door of your heart. And you've got to let him in. He desires that. 
And he doesn't just want to come in and go. He wants to come in and stay in every one of those areas of your life. Some of us, we go up and we go down. We go up and down. We're doing the same thing over and over again. Having the same problems. Having the same feelings. Having the same things. But listen, open the door and let him in. He'll build a house there. Where what you worried about before, you'll never worry again. What you had need of before, you'll have, never have need of again. Where you have these problems going on. Let him make that home in your heart. Give it to him. Give it to him. And when you open that door, you'll know what it truly means to have that security, that citizenship, and that family. It's about time. You say, Jesus, I'll let you in. Some of you here today, you don't know the Lord at all. And you've wondered why you've had this emptiness inside. He's knocking at your door right now. He's not worried about what you've done. He's not mad at you. He wants to come in and he wants to make his home in your heart. Amen. Let him do that right now. Let him come in and do something great in your life. Let him be God. Won't you bow your heads and close your eyes? So right now, you that have, you know, you've given him your heart, but there's still some uncertainty. You maybe have some worries. He's knocking at your door right now, even during this service. He's been knocking there. We're going to pray in just a moment, but I, I want you to understand he's there and he wants to come in. As this Christmas season is supposed to be a Christmas season of joy, you know, it's a lot of worry and pain sometimes. Open up your heart today. Give him that area of your life that you've been holding on to, that you've been trying to do it in your own power, in your own strength, and give him control. Give him that right now. Give him everything that you are. You hear the knock. Let him in. Cast your cares upon the Lord so he can care for you. You hear that knocking because you're worried. You're stressed out. Just allow Holy Spirit to move in. So those areas, you'll never be like that again. Doesn't mean the temptation won't be there. Don't mean maybe circumstances may come back. But it will not have you because you're not going to respond like you used to. God himself has made a home in you. He's creating one in heaven for you right now. But he has a home right now inside of you. Abide in him, live in him. So make that commitment. Say, Father God, I, I do that. I, I give you everything. Name the place you're worrying about. Name the things that go on against you. Name the problems. Name the sin. And just say, God, I repent of that and I give it to you right now. I give you everything. He loves you so much. So, Father, right now I pray for all of us here today, God, that this time, this year, right now, we give you those areas, Lord. Come and build your home 
there so we can find peace and rest so we can understand what it means to be a citizen because you'll show us how to live how to rule and reign with you that you bring us into a family not just our immediate family but the family of God that we're never alone we're part of your family including all the angels and everybody now Father God we have that security that no matter what everything's going to be okay because we follow you and we thank you Father and so we receive it right now just receive it right where you're at receive his peace and his love his instruction he'll give you that tell you where to go what steps to take and Father we thank you for that and we just bless you and we honor you Lord you are good and you are faithful thank you Jesus thank you Jesus everyone's head bowed and eyes closed please you've been sitting there and I've talked about you you've never given Jesus your life you've searched for things over and over again and it's never been fulfilling you feel lost you feel lonely at times and maybe a lot well God's here for you He's not mad at you. Jesus is knocking on your door just like everybody else. It's just now time for you to let him in. Because that emptiness, that void, only he can fill. Nothing else can fill it. Only he will fill that void and give you true happiness and true joy. So he's knocking, and this is what you do. You open up the door of your heart and say, God, come in. And receive him as your Lord and Savior. And confess him, Jesus, to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says when you do that, you shall be saved. It means a lot. That word saved, it means that you become a son or daughter of God. He adopts you into his family. He did it all for you so you could do that. You could come to this moment in time right here at Cornerstone Church and receive him. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. I can't force you. I want you to just say yes. I want to pray with you right where you're at. And that's what I would ask for you to do. In just a moment, I want you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, you can put your hands down. Okay, you can go ahead and put your hands down. We're going to pray with you right where you're at there. So if you want to do that right now, anybody says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to raise my hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. Okay, you can put your hands down. Anybody else? Yes, okay. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean. That's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Okay. You can put your hands down. See, this is what's going to happen. God's going to come into your life. He's going to start to make his home in you. He loves you and he cares for you. One more time. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean. I didn't raise my hand yet. I want to do that. Okay. You can put your hands down. Okay. This is what we're going to do. All of us are going to hear pray together this prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. You'll repeat it after me. And the Bible says, when you confess me as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. He's going to come in. He's going to, he's going to flood you with his forgiveness and his love right now because he cares for you. He gave it all for you so you can come to this point and have a relationship with Father God again. So everybody repeat this prayer after me. And if you raise your hand or if you want to pray this prayer and you didn't raise your hand and you just mean it, God's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to save you today. He's going to give you new life today. And so everybody pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I come to you 
and I give you my life. I open the door of my heart and I'll let you in. Come and make your home in me. I thank you for dying on the cross for me, Jesus. I believe in you and right now I make you the Lord of my life. You are my Savior. You are my God. I thank you for cleansing me for everything I've done wrong. And I bless you, Lord. And from this day forward, I will serve you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen. <laughs> amen. I just love that. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, listen, we are here for you. It is the very beginning of something great. In fact, everyone can get out your bulletins, fill out your connection cards. And if you prayed that prayer,